Culture and Psychology with Tabana. A very warm hello to our Radio Bomb.Dot listeners. I'm sitting with Dr. Daniel Rockers, Dr. Alexandrodi, two of my colleagues and friends from Tabana Organization. Uh, today, since we are getting uh, uh, to the uh, December 25th and also closing um, our year this year, uh, we are uh, thinking to talk about um, generally how the 2021 went and uh, focus on the positive side because 2019 and 2020, it was a lot of turbulences and we faced with so many unknowns and so many worries and um, being anxious about um, especially health. But this year, pretty much it was smoothing the way and we witnessed many good news. And so we want to start closing the year by something positive and we start um, sort of conversing about this and as much as we could remember things that changed 2021 compared to other years that um, we were worried. I think there's a great topic. I think it's something I've heard a lot of individuals talk about. It's kind of felt like a blur. And as I was thinking about kind of looking back on the year, I'm like, what happened? <laughs> I don't know if either of you had that sense. It's just like, it's been these last couple of years, uh, especially since COVID has all started, it's been like this blur of time in this way, but I think it's important still, even with that blur or blur that we're living in to say, like, how do I want to transition? I always think the end of the year is, is a great time, you know, flipping the calendar. It's, it's like a hard reset that we can say, okay, not only what do I want for next year, which maybe we can talk a, a little bit more about that in another show. Like, how do I want to start off the new year? But this idea of closure, I think it's, not something that we always get in life. Uh, I think it's one of those nice ideas that uh, sounds really good, but doesn't actually really happen. And we have to induce it. We have to say, this is how I want to kind of wrap things up, put a bow on things. Uh, they may not be perfect. <laughs> they may not look beautiful in the way that we hope, but at least it kind of brings us to this place where we can say, you know what, I can, I can allow this to exist in this space that was 2021 and feel okay about it or feel good enough about it. And the most important part is we try, we do our best to make things happen in a positive way. I'm sorry, Dr. Rockers, I think I jumped in. You wanted to say something. No, I'm just going to hold off on my questions for now. Oh, you have a question. Oh, you're closing 2021 in a different way, huh? No I'm closing questions. by, yeah, closing by starting, closing oh, by okay. opening there. Uh, no, I really didn't have a question, but you're talking about closure. I think that's so true. We often don't get closure. It doesn't happen automatically, but it's a psychological thing that we need to have. So it's important to make some efforts at getting closure. We have um, ceremonies or rituals that we often do. Things like a funeral is to get closure for the people who still continue on so maybe we need to do some sort of a funeral for 2021 well i remember daniel you and and being a part of your groups uh, or very early in my career there was something that you did in your uh, groups as closure that was really it's always stood with me very symbolic uh, uh, where there was a, a stone 
do you do you, do you maybe mind sharing that? Because I, I thought that was so powerful for the the group members uh, in in having that with them. Do you want to say more? Yeah, I'll let me talk about what that was from my point of view, and then it'd be great to hear what you saw and what you took away from it. We were working on a uh, it was a program for people with chronic pain, and it was a four week group, and they would come in every day. And what would happen, it was really cool. These people would make some really big gains while they were there. And part of it was what we were teaching them. Part of it was the group experience. But as they got closer to the end, my thinking was I wanted to make sure that this penetrated deeper inside of them, built up their awareness of the changes that they had made And for a lot of people, it's nice to have something that we take away, something tangible from our events. So what I always, I, this, the idea was mine. I didn't execute it there. Other people were the ones executing it, but we would pick out a stone that would somehow symbolize the qualities of that stone would somehow symbolize what that person how they had changed or what their qualities or skills were. And from my point of view, it was a thing that they could take with them as a reminder of who they were and what changes they had gone through. And I, I thought it was great fun. I thought it was a really nice way for them to remember. What did what stood out for you, Alex? Yeah, very similarly. I looked at it and, and I seen them kind of experience it maybe as being able to reflect on something that they've accomplished or a way that they've grown. And I think it's so hard sometimes, again, with the idea of closure, but even growth, how do we demark growth? And that represented a physical reminder of the growth that they have gone through. And even a reminder of what they've endured, the challenges and the difficulties, but to say that I've come out on the other end. And I think in some way we could all say that about 2021, you know, hopefully we've come out on the other end, but uh, yeah, I really always, I reflect on that from time to time, Daniel, because I think it's so helpful for people to be able to do that, whether it's something physical or even just a a verbal reminder for themselves that I'm wrapping up the year, I've I've made this gains, this progress. Um, It's something I've been doing a lot of personally recently, realizing that, you know, coming to the end of the year, what, what I have that I'm grateful for, what is important to me. Um, it's something that I've had to like stop and think about. And I think that physical reminder can really help people. You know, what we, what was so important too, was that we had some ceremony at the end. And I always emphasize that very strongly. It's so important to have ceremony. I grew up not knowing the value and this sounds really simple and it is very simple, but it's so profoundly important. And most people seem to already get this but I didn't understand it. Like when you leave a party, you go talk, say something to the people who hosted the party and check out with the people you're leaving. And I didn't get that. I think I was so shy. I just wanted to escape. And probably to some extent, I still do that at at times, but it's so important. And that's part of getting closure. That simple ritual is part of getting closure at a party. It helps you, but it all the one doing it, but it also helps the other people at the party. So in this program, we had the ceremony, which was the graduation ceremony. And that's what a graduation ceremony is. It signifies that we're passing from one level to another level. 
we're going from one place to another place. And generally in a graduation ceremony, we're going from a position of not having formal recognition to one where we do have the formal recognition. We've grown, it's evidence of our growth. And you see that in every culture, every culture has these types of ceremonies. So anyway, that was the, the important thing there. We wanted to make sure and mark for these people how they had changed and where they were going in the future. Yeah, I could, I could attest the importance of that. Uh, I don't know if I've shared this with you, uh, either of you, actually. I, besides my high school graduation, I did not participate in any other graduations. So I didn't walk for my bachelor's. Uh, it actually rained out at Sac State. Uh, I didn't walk in my master's or my doctorate. And, and I share that because I, I recognized over the years, the feeling of not participating in those ceremonies, I had to, for myself, really reflect on, I am at this next stage. And so I, I know that in our field, it, it, for a lot of individuals, they share that the idea of like, oh, I'm a psychologist, I'm a doctor, those things, you know, you have to grow into those roles and the idea of you owning those roles. And I felt like that was a little bit more complicated for me because I didn't participate in some of those formal ceremonies. And so I, I think it is so valuable, so important. This, it's the psychological shift. It's a changing of our consciousness and how we view ourselves. That's part of what that ceremony and ritual does for us. And it's a very important piece there. Yeah. Interesting. I, as you guys were talking, I was just thinking closure it's important in any event or relationships you guys were mostly talking about events and at that time what went to my mind was having closure in any relationship not that ending the relationship but if there is a conversation if there's a debate if there is conflict you always must have a closure otherwise it's just like Dan, you said a funeral uh, at that time. I mean, the word it all is always sort of negative to us, but it's um, to me is more like closure, you know, celebrating something. And and I think with relationship, this is really really important that you don't leave each other, whether it's friends, whether it's loved ones, it's family. You just don't leave each other without really ending in a, I would say it's hard to do that, but just try your best to have sort of positive uh, ending by just saying, for example, even as simple as we can talk more about this. Let's just say goodbye for now, you know, when you're leaving someone or whatever, but don't ever leave with not, you know, providing the opportunity for further conversation or having a closure. So I think this is really important. And also, um, as Alex, you were talking about your graduation, uh, I was always the opposite. I always wanted everyone to be in my graduation. And I often had problem with not being able to bring more than certain number. 
But one of the things that um, I remember was sort of lonely and sad was my first uh, master's degree in education. I was here and none of my family were here. My parents were visiting, but they were traveling and they were not here. And I didn't want to make their traveling, you know, because of me to be changed and be here for my graduation. But um, uh, my brother was in Bay Area, but they had something going on. So I went to my master's program all by myself. And my kids at that time were little. And um, it was sort of lonely because I noticed that when they called the names, everybody was cheering and uh, they were clapping and then they called my name and nobody was there to cheer for me. So that was one thing that was sad, but the rest of it was super wonderful because I had my other master's degree. Everybody was here, my doctoral degree, uh, same thing, but I was definitely opposite of you. And I wanted everybody to be there for me. Yeah, the same thing happened to me for my doctoral and my master's, actually, because I was living in Chicago and all my family is here. So back then it was kind of a financial barrier for everybody to kind of fly out there. And I didn't want to put that on my family. And I had people encourage me. uh, I even had uh, faculty. They were like, you really need to do this. You should do this. And I just for me at that time, you know, uh, it was a starving student, if you will, uh, you know, to, to put that burden on my parents and my family. Um, also like the cost of the gown was like $200, I remember. And at that time it was like around Christmas, I graduated. And I was thinking of like my nieces and nephews. And I was like, this is money I can spend on them. I'm going to walk across the stage by myself and not have anybody cheering for me. You know, I just, I I didn't want to, I didn't want to feel that. So yeah, I definitely, um, you know, there's a part of me that's kind of sad that, you know, that wasn't able to occur, but, uh, also, too, it would have might have been really hard to just not have family and, and really close friends around for that. Alex, I wish you would have called me. I would have come out and <laughs> cheered you on and I would have paid for your gown, too. <laughs> I, and I don't doubt you would have done that, Daniel. And so, yeah, I just at the time it was it was like, you know, do you do you not like, OK, what, what is that about? But. Yeah, it's one of those things where, uh, yeah, maybe maybe inside day, me and you should have like a mock graduation for our masters, and then my doctorate, and then Daniel, you could be our special guest and uh, yeah, cheer us on. Yeah, a great plan. <laughs> so because of that, when my niece was in Montreal and uh, nobody was there, when I knew she is graduating in their master program, I traveled to be there for her because I knew the importance. And at that time I was very, very busy, but I made it to go. And I just thought it's so important somebody, at least even if it's one person to be there. And I did it for her. So with that, we are to our first break. We come back and continue our conversation. I want to say a few words in Farsi. شنوندگان عزیز رادیو بامداد من دکتر سعیده ملک افسلی هستم به همراه دکتر دانیل راکرز و دکتر الکساندرادی امروز صحبت هامون رو راجب پایان دادن به سال 2021 که ما سالهای سختی رو در 2019 و 20 گذروندیم و میخوایم با یک پایان خوب سال 2021 رو در صحبت هامون بگنجونیم حالا داشتیم صحبت از این میکردیم که سال 2021 شروع بسیار خوبی بود 
و امیدواریم که به خوبی هم بگذره و داشتیم از یه مقداری تجارب و مسائلی که بر خودمون پیش اومده بود صحبت میکردیم برمیگردیم و بقیه صحبتمون رو میکنیم خواهش میکنم با ما باشیم We're back with Dr. Daniel Rockers and Dr. Alexandradi, and we continue our conversation regarding ending year 2021 in a positive way. Daniel, I think uh, we're awaiting one of your questions in regards to uh, closure. What? Let's see. What's I, a good question? For I you? had a couple. I, I, I was thinking, again, I always try to channel you, know, you when it comes to questions in regards to Do it. These, these different topics. Yeah. Uh, in thinking about closure too, I, I like to reflect on something that has occurred or happened that we are maybe proud of either individually or especially amongst our community. Uh, so I guess one of the questions that I, that kind of came to my mind is like, what's something that you've tried to do this year for, for others? And I'll start because I think one of the things that I've tried to do for others a little bit more this year is try to be a little bit more present uh, I've had some friends recently go through like financial issues and moving, um, you know, some health issues. And, I, and I've tried to be there for people in ways where even just checking in with them, I, I, I try to practice what I preach and I'll sometimes encourage the patients, you know, even just sending a text, Hey, I'm thinking about you or, Hey, I hope you're well. Um, or, Hey, you know, like, uh, you know, do you need help with something? I went over a buddy's house the other day and helped him, you know, move some boxes. So, too old to be helping anybody move. I'll tell you that. But <laughs> I was like, I don't mind helping you move a couple of boxes. And uh, yeah, it, it made such a big difference just knowing that he didn't have to go through that all, all on his own. He didn't have to do all that by himself. And he had other people helping him as well. But at that particular time, at that particular moment, he was doing a little bit of it by himself. And so just trying to be there, trying to be present, um, I, I found is like something that has been really important for me in my relationships and my connections this year. So that's that's one of the things I've been trying to do for others in that way. Is there something that the, the two of you can think of that you've tried to, to do, or maybe even something too that you encourage listeners to try to do um, in regards to others or with others? I've paid a little more attention and detail in terms of my, like the, the uh, session notes and the charting that I do for the, with the patients and the stuff that I did before, I think was, was totally adequate, but this is a little more, I think, thoughtful and just putting a little more detail in it. And what I'm finding for myself, and maybe this is more for myself as much as for others, but it's just a little, it somehow make life seems to flow easier when I do that. 
I'm taking some extra time and I'm putting a little more thoughtfulness into it and thinking about the things. And I think that's just, it's made for me, it's made my life flow a little easier. So that may not exactly hit what you're talking about. I wish I could say something as good as what you said, like <laughs> been, been more thoughtful and caring and calling other people. Like I can think of a hundred things I need, should be doing <laughs> in my relationships that I'm not yet doing. Oh, by no means am I saying I'm perfect at it. It's something I've definitely been trying and striving for in that way. But no, and I think to your point too, Daniel, I find that that little bit of effort and intention kind of on that front end with even just those day-to-day things we do can allow us to feel better, allows us to, I think, interact and connect a little bit better too, especially that's a great point too, with our notes. Even I found if I, I take notes during session, I'm not sure about the two of you take psychotherapy notes, but I find it, it really helps me in our next session because I'm able to kind of touch base and reflect on where we were. And I always try to kind of continue that thread in a way where it's not just, okay, each time we meet, we're starting anew, but we're also bringing in the work that we've been doing each time. So uh, along those lines, if we put a little bit more, I think, effort to, to put that down, maybe that carries through with the work that you're doing as well. I think it's an important piece and it really does fit with the theme of today, this idea of closure and closure means we also open, right? We close one thing so that we can open and move into another. And with our clients, I, what we, each session, really there needs to be some closure at the end and some opening at the next session. There also needs to be some continuity that crosses through those boundaries. I think that we're as therapists often called to open the session and from my perspective, to be observant, to see, does the client need some direction in kicking things off here and starting, or should we jump in and structure it for them? And I think that can be a delicate balance, but I always like to give the space for the person. If there's something that really is where they are, they can go ahead and start with that. But if not, it's not like they've got to search too much and find things here we go. This is some structure for you. So anyway, pulling that back to the idea of closure and endings, but also beginnings, we also want to have our own structure for our own beginnings. Um, But jumped in there, Saide, what do you think? What's your Yeah, I was just going to say the notes, one of the things is for me always, and I'm a pretty much good note takers um, and and, uh, in meetings and stuff, I used to take really good notes and referring to it it, because we are forgetful and you remember what we discussed and then some of the important stuff that we discussed, we can bring it up. And one of the most important things uh, for me uh, taking notes is to exactly refer to what we talked, what was going on. And the importance of that is that you know, the connections become stronger because that person knows that you cared, you remembered, you talked about this, and then also checking in to make sure now, are you okay with this when you shared this and what was going on? How are you doing with that? But then the other part of personal um, taking notes or paying attention to you know, what you want to do as Alex was sharing his for me was, what can I do to make my own life uh, regarding this stress less? 
And for me was, you know, don't leave everything to the last minute because I used to do that and I was good at it and I was taking care of everything. But then I realized how much I'm putting on myself by doing that, you know, getting to everyone, calling everyone, texting everyone, taking care of everything, but you don't realize how much you're putting on yourself. Now, I started, I think this last year really taught me a lot to slow down and really try to do less things that put you on the stress. For example, if we are having um, something to do, taking notes, making sure what are the details I need to take care of and do it ahead of time rather than leaving everything for last minute. And I think it has improved my sanity. (laughs) So Hmm. it's been so important for me now to continue with that because I realized how much stress I was putting on myself and I didn't realize I'm doing it. I myself, I taught taught myself a lesson several years ago when I was in my previous career. I, I mean, there's a number of things that I did poorly. I will freely admit it. <laughs> it's not perfect. Always uh, say <laughs> something about yourself, Dan. In the, good, the good thing is that I learned from it. But when I was younger and I was in working in, uh, it was IT, information technology. I was a systems engineer. But I traveled and taught classes for this organization or the company that I worked for. And some, I had this, it was an idiotic notion, but I thought, oh yeah, I'm so, I'm so great. I, I don't wait at the airport. I just drive in, I park. And when I walk into the terminal, this was before all the security stuff, of course. Mm-hmm. And then the, as I walk in, the, they're boarding. And so then I walk and get right on the plane and go. And this, as you can imagine, ended up with a few harrowing drives to the airport. <laughs> and, and, and it's not fun. I hate the anxiety feeling. But what happened was, I missed my flight and had to get rebooked. And that happened two times in a row. Mm. I missed my flight. And after that, I just made this, it like finally got soaked into my head. Don't do that. (laughs) Get to the airport an hour ahead. And this was before all the security stuff. So an hour was fair amount and take something to read and that is a thing that I learned. I just adopted that. And it just made the drive to the airport so much, so much better. So it's something in the brain. I honestly feel like I have to figure out now that I'm reading more about neuroscience and how the brain works in regard to psychology field. I honestly feel there is a part of the brain that for some reason doesn't understand the matter of time because I used to be always late in everything and my brain wasn't really putting this time together to understand that okay you need this much time to get there you need this much time to get ready for some reason I was not even aware of this time thing and I always felt like no we get there you know it's like you know and then you put so much stress on yourself because then you're on the traffic. Then, you know, all of these that happens, like losing flight a couple of times. I have done that too. 
And now that I am more aware of time and more aware of being on time, I really feel like at that point, I wasn't getting this. And, and I have to figure out what part of the brain wasn't working well. I'm glad to hear that we all have missed the flight at some point because I did it too. And I, I don't really tell people about it because I did the same thing. I was like, okay, an hour before, and then it was 45 minutes and then it was 30 minutes. And then it took me missing a plane to realize, you know what? I got to go to the hour, hour and a half buffer because it's the worst feeling. Like I was literally running to the plane I get to the gate and the plane is like backing out and you just, you can't do anything about it. You know, it's they're not going to be like, Oh, you know what? Let's, let's come on, come back in. We're going to pick up this guy because he planned poorly. So yes, I, I'm, I'm wearing good company. Glad to hear it. Terrible feeling. It's a yeah. terrible feeling. Speaking of all of this and the management of time, I think I've told you, Jan is such a great planner. She okay. is like the consummate planner she's excellent like for a role model for planning she is fabulous and here's a thing i was thinking of she's such a good planner Mm -hmm. that when she does meetings she and and listen to this this is really very smart Mm -hmm. she writes the minutes of the meeting before the meeting wow yeah like what about that what that does is that really focuses you on what are you going to get done in this meeting like an agenda, but like she put like puts the time down or I don't it's in she put of course there's an agenda, yeah. but you know, after each meeting, and this is something that yeah. most of us don't do, is write up the minutes of mm-hmm. the meeting, mm-hmm. document what was decided and what we did and what we talked about. She writes that stuff up, writes up the paragraph, wow. the follow-up paragraph. Now, of course, it can be altered easily and, sure. and often needs to be, but you've got the thing done already. Wow. And then writing it up and then making those changes. That's pretty simple matter. Yeah. But what a great way of focusing your efforts in them. Bravo. Awesome. I learned it's impressive. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I agree. It's totally impressive. I was going to say, we should have her on the show, but we'll, we probably won't find the time. You know, we'll, we'll, <laughs> <laughs> All right. we'll, we'll book it wrong or we'll make some mistakes. Well, so yeah, yeah. We'll <laughs> and also the importance of, now I can understand why she does that. Because I used to do that when I was um, doing a staff development with, um, because with my teachers, Because, for example, if you want to be focused and don't go other direction and you're dealing with people who are definitely taking every word that you take as something important because they're sitting there, they're listening. So you have to be very careful depending on when you do that, because I used to do that. I used to always have a paragraph about everything I wanted to speak about because I wanted to make sure those important points are relieved and I and I would share it with whoever needs to hear it. So it's really, really important who you're dealing with, what kind of meeting. Yeah, if the meeting is casual and you know people, you're just having a very casual meeting, it's different. But if you're dealing with different, you know, mindset of people you're working with or the importance of stuff that you're sharing, definitely. But it's a great idea. And that reminded me that it would be great in more important meetings you um, do that. Um, 
by that, we uh, soon got to our second break. So um, I want to say some words in Farsi. Shanamandigan Aziz Radio Bamdad. اگر صدای ما رو به زبان انگلیسی میشنوین ما روزهای شنبه و یک شنبه از ساعت دوازده تا یک بعد از ظهر در رادیو بامداد برنامه روانشناسی و فرهنگی به زبان انگلیسی داریم و تا کنون پادکست های زیادی درست کردیم از برنامهمون باید تشکر کنیم از رادیو بامداد که این پادکست ها رو به طور مرتب در سپاریفای یا در آیتون تهیه کردن و شما میتونید بر اساس تاپیک های مورد علاقتون ما رو سرچ کنین در گوگل یا در آیتون و تحت عنوان کالچر اند سایکولوژی با تاپیک های مختلف به برنامه ما گوش بدین ما یک بریک دیگه میگیریم و قسمت پایانی برنامهمون رو ادامه میدیم back with Dr. Daniel Rockers and Dr. Alexandradi. We uh, started with wrapping up uh, the year 2021 and we talked about some positive and uh, thinking about reflection of our own personal life or with different people or different organization. We shared some of our personal um, events or uh, mindset and ideas and now we are at the end of our show uh, with the last session, and we want to continue with ending 2021 in a more positive way. Um, so thinking, <clears throat> thinking about 2019 and 2020, uh, it was a lot of, um, you know, worries and anxiety regarding the COVID, regarding the health. But the 2021 started a more positive, the vaccination, the second vaccination, and now the booster. So um, the meetings started being more impersonal. Um, we know that many staff in different organizations, they even started going to workplaces uh, two, three times a week. And some of the schools have started, many of the schools um, have some days open. So things have started to smooth out and things have started to get better. Some of the uh, visitations, gathering is started in a small uh, sessions. So uh, we want to end this part also with more positive, more uh, something to leave uh, our listeners with something that we can do in a personal level, in a relationship-wise level, how can we make it more positive? 
Well, I know there was there a couple there was a couple themes that you mentioned uh, earlier, Saide, in regards to uh, generosity, for example, cheerfulness, kindness, things that we can try to bring to our relationship uh, to others, even to ourselves. I would say, as the year comes to a close, uh, so I think the the holidays creates a, an opportunity to really kind of lean into those things. So there's ways that we can do that through kind of donations. There's toy drives, uh, you know, food donations. Um, even just, I, I think, Dan, I, I want to say we've joked about this before, but uh, even just saying hello to somebody, just saying hello to say good morning, um, you know, just a, a small act of kindness. Uh, I find even it's one of these things where I find even if you hold the door open for somebody as like you're leaving a business or you're leaving somewhere, People appreciate that. It, and it's the smallest thing, but it, it, and try the opposite. Try try letting the door shut on them kind of <laughs> abruptly. You're just like, all right, you know, even push it a little closed, you know, like see what reaction you get from that, you know? So even just that kindness of, you know, holding the door open, uh, just trying to, to kind of uh, practice that, uh, you know, between now and the end of the year and hopefully, you know, continue on after the end of the year, but just trying to bring those things uh, into our life. What are some ways that you guys think of when it comes to like generosity, cheerfulness, kindness that we can, we can kind of enact in the world. Well, I'm glad you brought up the uh, individual act. Cause that's what I was thinking when you were talking about the other things like the toy drives I, and other events. I think those are very important and very good, but I also think it's so important that we do individual things, just what we seemingly think might be a small thing. I think I told you about, once I had a client, this was many years ago when I was first starting out and she had been suicidal sometime like in the year or two before. And she said she was on her way at, she was reflecting at that time from a year before that she was on her way to kill herself. She was going to go kill herself. And she stopped by a convenience store and bought something there. And the clerk, when they gave her change back, didn't say any words, but the way that he handed the coins back to her, she got a sense of kindness from that. And the way that he did that, she said, because of that, she did not go kill herself. So even something as small as handing someone something in a certain way saved a life. So yeah, I think the individual things, and we, I think we know how it feels when we're walking out a, or going to walk out a door and somebody's right in front of us and they just let the door um, swing shut for us. So we can do lots of small things that it just, it, we don't know how big of a difference it will make. It's that thing I mentioned before, contribute, how can we contribute to the positive energy in the universe? How can we add to the positive energy that's in the universe? So we can add to it. It really doesn't take that much, right? It doesn't, yeah. it doesn't take that much to do something kind or something nice. Smile at somebody, say hello, like you said. I think those are wonderful ideas. One, one of the things that helps me sometimes is like, what would I appreciate? And, and again, that might sound like, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of myself more than others. It's all about but, me, man. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, but but it helps me, you know, kind of be a little bit more attuned to others in that way. For example, I was at the grocery store and this guy, and I do this, he had like eight things in his arms and he was trying to balance and juggle them and one fell. And I was in line already. 
uh, but he was walking by and, you know, when you're uh, already checking out, there's the little baskets, you know, usually at the bottom of the conveyor belt. I just grabbed it. I go, Hey man, here you go. And I, he's like, Oh, thanks a lot. You know? And it's just one of those things where I was like, if I was fumbling all of those things and dropping things, I hope somebody would see that and offer me something like that. And so that's one way that I, I try to uh, enact that. Like what would, what would I hope for or what would be helpful for me? And then trying to do that onto others. You know, it's the importance of being acknowledged too, acknowledged as a person. Yeah. I recently read about, this is a, like an anthropology or cultural reading. There's a, a language, I can't remember which one in Africa, but the greeting in that greeting is something that translates to, I see you. And the response then by the person is, now I am whatever their name is. So it's the act of being seen allows me to really exist. And we need that, you know, that acknowledgement that, hey, here, here, here's a basket. I see you're struggling. And it's pretty cool. Well, Dan, the story that you said about that uh, client that, or someone that you knew that was um, thinking of was had suicidal ideation, I think this is amazing that one act of kindness can change someone's life. So we have to take this seriously because we sometimes forget how sensitive people are. Yeah. And one word, because now that takes me to... Uh, one of the patients I had who was sharing with me had a nephew who um, started having um, a lot of psychological issues and became very serious and actually turned to a diagnosis of serious uh, psycho issues. Uh, so the fact that happened was um, he receives a phone call and he wasn't supposed to hand the phone to his uncle by this person because the uncle has said already, if this person calls, no one should give the phone to me. So he, a child of 13, 14, you can imagine at that age, how sensitive you can be. He just unconsciously, um, when someone calls and, and asks for the uncle, goes, yeah, yeah, he's here. And then the uncle talks to the person, obviously, I don't know the story behind that, why he didn't want to talk to that person, but he started yelling at the nephew and he started putting him down and getting really angry at him. And from that point on, he actually turns to a different person psychologically. And we sometimes forget that what we do to a person, what we say to a person, what sort of punishment, what sort of language we use can change someone's um, even psychological issues um, and, and changes uh, in the brain. And it was from that point on when I heard that story, it was during my practicum. And I always, since then, I started thinking, we sometimes forget how sensitive human being is and how the mind works. Sometimes people may have some trait, but it triggers. And especially at certain age that are sensitive, maybe a word can change them in a negative way. So think about it as much the positive can also do the opposite way. 
And it's really, really important to keep that in mind and walk with that. That sometimes saying something negative to someone, how tragic can, um, you know, end up um, with that person's, um, you know, life or the way they take it, how tragic can be. And I think that encourages the even more reason to try to be intentional and thoughtful about being cheerful, being kind, those those small, subtle acts can go so far. It's like the, the butterfly effect, you know, we don't know the impact that can have. I remember there was this commercial um, kind of related to that, where they showed one person smiling at another, and then that person smiled at another person, and that person smiled at another person. And and I think it emphasized that idea that this can carry on sometimes way further than we we can even know or imagine. And yes, that can seem a little cheesy, but I think it is one of those things where it's like, how do you want to be in the world? How do you want to impact others? Even if it's just for a brief moment. I know there, for me, there've been interactions that I've had just in passing that have stayed with me for years and years um, with just a, a subtle act of kindness, a subtle hello, um, you know, and, and I don't know if those people remember me or I don't know if it resonated with them, but it resonated with me. And just like others, we don't know the, the impact that the things that we do can have upon them. But as you, you both shared, you know, it could save a life even. Yeah. Absolutely. And uh, Alex, uh, actually, this happened to me just a couple of days ago. Uh, I was leaving a store and there was an old person with Walker, with actually a younger person sort of guiding her. And they were coming from the car. And um, I knew it's going to take a long time. But then I thought she's with Walker and the younger person is trying to hold her bag, her, her purse. So it just took a second for me to say, well, I can leave. And by the time they get here, they can open the door because it's going to take a long time by the time they get to the door. But all of a sudden I thought, you know, it's less than a minute for me. Why should I just leave the door open? I remember I stood by the door and it took longer by the time they get to the door. And I remember even the younger person saying, you know, no, that's okay. You know, we can get there. But I did. And honestly, I feel so good even now after two days. I feel like how much they appreciate it. The woman with the walker stood by the door and and just did this to me by, by, you know, thanking without the words. And it just made me feel better. And I was reading actually an article on APA that was really important. It said when you do an act, actually, this is uh, proven by research that when you do an act of kindness, the positive effect and satisfaction is more on you than someone who receives this. And it was really important for me to, when I was reading it, I thought, this is interesting that an act of kindness or uh, when you're generous and you're giving I didn't know the satisfaction is so much more for the giver than the receiver. So they were comparing a lot of, um, you know, different act of, um, you know, kindness and generosity. And uh, they were saying that satisfaction is more for the giver. And and like with that example, like, what does it cost you? It's 60 seconds. You know, it doesn't cost you anything. It's worth it in that way. So, yeah, that's the saying. It's better to give than receive. Right. That, but you're right, the amount of time, the total outlay, 
is pretty small. And yeah. that's, if we think about our whole life and at the end of our life, we're not going to remember if, oh, you know what? I just need to get going. I don't need to hold that door for that person. We're probably not going to remember that. We probably will remember, you know, I helped somebody there. Well, those are more of the things we're going to remember rather than, man, I got to get all the stuff done. I'm going to get all the stuff done. Yeah, and, and sometimes you just think giving is financial. All these things that we are talking about is the act of giving and generosity. Generosity and giving is not just about financial. Because I personally feel act of kindness and these sort of behavior, kind behavior for me personally is way more important than gifts or than, um, you know, tangible stuff. You know, we each probably have different um, way of looking at life or looking at relationships. But um, I personally appreciate way more when I see kindness, when I see nice words, when I face with people who are behaving very kindly. That is more important to me, you know. And think about it. If you close your eyes and think of people, how many people first come to your mind? Not those that they give you big money or big gifts. You always think of people who just sat right on your heart. You just think about them as kind people, as nice people, as positive people, as, you know, you always remind um, you, you those people remind you of maybe something and immediately in your head, you're thinking something of them and it's all positive. You can't put it maybe sometimes in words. Why do you think you like this person? This person is, but you know, you may have received the biggest gift, but do you remember that much or do you remember act of kindness? By that, we got to the end of our program. And um, I want to thank my colleagues. But before we end, as usual, we go through each of us saying some last statement. And we want to end our 2021 by something positive. Oh, I'm supposed to go first here. Is that it? <laughs> we, we're all looking at you, Daniel. We're, we're kind of it. looking at you, you know, at pointing it. at you a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. Mocking me. So <laughs> I see how it goes. The opposite right. of giving. Huh? Right, right. Hurry up, Dan. Yeah. Come on. Where are you? Time is money. Hurry. Right. Give us money. Uh, anything uh, negative. <laughs> right. Well, what I would suggest for is just bring your awareness to your interacts, interactions with other people. And just think about, can you do one kind thing for somebody think about how they might feel just one thing in a day you don't have to necessarily try to be kind all the time but if you just do one thing each day pretty soon you will become that you will become kindness yeah and for i I like that daniel uh similarly i'd like to encourage people just trying to uh, because sometimes we get caught up in our own lives and the things that we need to do we should do it makes it hard sometimes to focus on the impact that we're having on those around us. But I always like to encourage just kind of take a step back for a moment and ask, how am I, how am I connecting with others? How am I reaching out to others? Uh, again, just those little small gestures of, Hey, hope you're doing well, or letting a person know that you're thinking about them in some way uh, that, that, like you said, uh, I'm all about 
that idea of, you know, kind of acknowledgement. Uh, and so to be able to see somebody, to acknowledge them, to let them know that you are in their heart, you're in their mind, I think really allows that person to feel seen, uh, to feel valued in that way. So if we can do that in one small way, I find that that really resonates with a lot of people. And I want to leave with our listeners uh, with um, just the fact that when uh, you we know, like I'm still thinking about what Dan shared about that um, person who had um, suicidal ideation. I really feel human beings soul is very sensitive and we have to be very, very careful with every person we encounter to realize that what we are saying, how much may affect the other person. So with that, I wanna um, really encourage everyone to reflect on your behavior, reflect on your thoughts, get out of your personal mindset and think of whether what you did or said or what you want to do is, um, you know, right for the person. So it's that you're dealing with or you have relationship with. Don't always take your side thinking you're right. Always just be so giving to other people by thinking, you know, they're human being, their soul is very sensitive. I need to be careful. I need to just cheer them up, say something positive, be kind. You know, when you think about these things, you get out of your selfishness, you get out of, you know, everything is for me. So I want to leave with really try to be reflective on your own behavior on your own thoughts. And um, I want to uh, say something in Farsi also. And I wish everyone having a wonderful Saturday. And uh, tomorrow we come back and we continue our conversation about another topic of psychology, culture, or just current event. باغم دیرین به مزار سینا به خوابارا دل دیوانه تو باز آمدم از سر کوی او دل دیوانه پنهان کردم در خاکستر غم آن همه آرزو دل دیوانه
چه بگویم با من ای دل چه ها کردی تو مرا با عشق او آشنا کردی پس از این زاری مکن حوث یاری مکن تو ای ناکام دل دیوانه با غم دیرینم به مزار سینم به خوابارا دل دیوانه باز آمدم از سر کوی او دل دیوانه پنهان کردم در خاکستر غم آن همه آرزو دل دیوانه بگویم با من ای دل چه ها کردی تو مرا با عشق او آشنا کردی پس از این زاری مکن حوث یاری مکن تو ای ناکام دل دیوانه با غم دیرینم به مزار سینم به خوابارم دل دیوانه به خوابارم دل دیوانه رادیو بامداد صدای ما و شما با زبانی آشنا